I wanted to teach a series on a royal priesthood. You know, when you teach a series, you can go and it's, you, you, you. And so that's what I was going to do. That was my thought. One morning I woke up at one o'clock in the morning, couldn't go back to sleep. The Lord dealing with me about messages he wanted me to preach. He completely changed everything I wanted to do and gave me what he wanted me to share with y'all today. So today is a message straight from the heart of God to you. You're going to feel it. He's going to be speaking to you today. So when you feel that God speaking to you, what I want you to do, when you feel him dealing with your heart, I want you, when, when I call for, to a response, I want you to respond to him. Okay, because God wants to do something in your life today so that you're never the same. So I'm going to call this, the title of this message, The Settling Place. It's a powerful message. I don't think I've never taught it. Maybe, I guess I did, maybe. I don't remember. But it's in Genesis chapter 11, verse 27 through 32. Oh, excuse me, one other thing. My wife, 50 years, okay? Then today we have with us one of our spiritual daughters, Andrea Birkenstock. Andrea, stand up. Let them see you. She takes care of all my technical stuff and really all my computer stuff. She takes care of all of that. I just lost my stuff. Okay, I got it back. Okay. Genesis chapter 11, verse 27 through 32. This is the account of Terah's family line. Terah became the father of Abraham, Nahor, and Haran. Haran became the father of Lot. While his father Terah was still alive, Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans in the land of his birth. Abraham and Nahor both married. The name of Abraham's wife was Sarai. The name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. She was the daughter of Haran, the father of both Milcah and Iscah. Now Sarah was childless, childless because she was not able to conceive. Terah took his son Abraham, his grandson Lot, son of Haran, his daughter-in-law Sarai, the wife of his son Abraham, and together they set out from Ur of the Chaldeans to go to Canaan. But when they came to Haran, they settled there. Terah lived 205 years and died, and died in Haran. How many people start off going to the promised land and settle where they are? Terah was going to Canaan, but stopped and settled in Haran. He settled there and eventually died there. We start off going after God, what God has for us, and something happens to us that stops us along the way. Then we settle where we are. There are many things that will rise up in our lives that will cause us to settle, a place of hurt, 
a place of discouragement, a place of just a lot of things would happen, betrayal, and we disappointments. We're going after God, but yet in our life, disappointment, tragedy comes, and it stops us. And we begin to settle where the pain was. Quote, never settle on the life you don't want when God, wants, God is trying to give you a better life. God was trying to get Terah to the Canaan land, the promised land, when Terah decided to settle there in Haran. God started speaking to his son Abraham to go into Canaan once his father settled and died. Your children, God will speak to your children. If you stop and settle and don't go in to what God has for you, God will speak to your children to go after where you left off. Ten years from now, make sure you can say that you chose your life. You didn't settle for the life you have. Watch this. This is a good word. I might not be able to change what happened to me, but I can choose whether what happened to me becomes my tombstone or my milestone. My tombstone is where I die. My milestone is where I get new vision for life. This can be a defining moment in our lives. I don't want to tell you something. We've been serving, walking with the Lord for over 40 years. Many, many times we passed up good opportunities to settle. Terah lost his son in Haran. He named it Haran. I lost my son before, but I settled there. And I, he named it the place of his discouragement. Let me ask you something today. What are you settling for that hurts you that you're naming that in your life. Terah not only lost his son, but he lost his faith to live there also. Disappointments come to paralyze us, to settle just as Terah did. We have many opportunities to stop and settle in the place where disappointments have come to us. We use disappointments to cause us to keep going. We choose to keep fighting and to keep going. It's a choice. Watch this. We must live while we're living and not just exist. That's a good word right there. There's a difference between living and existing. Living, you have hope and excitement for your life, vision for your life. Existing is waiting for something to happen. When it's daytime, you wish it was night. When it's night, you wish it was day. But nothing changes. 
Watch this. Quote, Terror couldn't stop what happened to him, but he had a choice whether he was going to let what he could not control stop what he could control. I want to say it again. This is a very powerful word to us today. I want to say it one more time. Remember, listen, this word wasn't made up for me. Let me get a good message for them. This came to me from the Spirit of God. Terror couldn't stop what had happened to him. Listen, look right here. Some of the stuff that happens, we can't, we have no control of them. We can't stop it. It comes. We can either focus on it and settle, or we can lift our eyes and look towards God, get a new breath, a new vision, and move on. But he had a choice whether he was going to let what he could not control stop what he could control. He couldn't stop the death of his son, but he could control how he responded to the death of his son. Continue to Canaan land. What is our Haran today? What is your Haran today? Ah, watch this. Terah lost something on his way to Canaan that caused him to settle. I might not be able to stop my spouse from leaving. She can't leave now. We got 50 years invested. <laughs> okay. Well, watch this. I can choose not to let what they do to me stop and affect my future. Look right here. Look here. Your future is not wrapped up in a person. Your future is not wrapped up in your spouse. To some people it is. So they settle right there. They stop. You wounded me. You betrayed me. So we never get married again. We get wounded and we stay there. Nobody loves me. Nobody likes me. And we start playing. So we settle. Come on. I still have a future in God. I might not be able to stop my company from laying me off, but I can choose whether I lay down when you lay me off. Watch this. You're blessed. You're blessed coming in and you're blessed going out. You're blessed in the city and you're blessed in the field. You're the blessed of the Lord. It can be the ending of something and the beginning of something new. Or it can be my settling place I choose. Let me read that again. It can be the ending of something and it can be the beginning of something new. My settling place it also can be. I choose. Well, if the Lord wills, I choose. The Lord has already willed. 
I choose his will. He's already willed. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I have to choose life. I have to choose blessings. I have to choose to forgive. I have to choose. Life is a choice. God has already chosen about you. You're blessed. You're blessed and highly favored. You're a mighty man, a mighty woman of God. Watch this. The Hispanics can't stop you from what God has for you. The white people can't stop you from what God has for you. The black people can't stop you from what God has for you. There's only one person that can stop you from going after what God has for you, and that is you. Y'all still shout amen over here in this church? Okay, okay. Just checking, just checking. <clears throat> just checking. You're going to shout in a minute because I'm coming, okay? Watch this. Don't let problems cause you to settle. Don't let problems define you. Let them develop you. You know how you develop, a man develops muscles? He puts himself under pressure. Wait. Problems comes to develop your faith in God. Somebody said, how do you get strong faith? It comes through big problems. Don't make a permanent statement about your life in a season of life. Look at this. This too shall pass. I don't care. Look right here. I just, the anointing of God just keep flowing in those areas. Look, this too, say that with me. This too shall pass. Whatever you're going through, look, and it came to pass. The Bible is full, and it came to pass. Why? This too shall pass. What was supposed to be a chapter in Terah's life became the story of his life because he settled in Haran. What makes a good book is tragedy, problems, and triumphs. Don't let what was meant to be a chapter in your life become the story of your life. We're reading about what terror, about what he did. It was a chapter of his life, but he took what was meant to be a chapter and made it the story of his life. So we're reading about it. He settled when God had Canaan for him. What are you settling on? What are you settling for? Come on. I want to tell you something. I'm going to preach you up in a minute. Yeah, I'm just keep coming. I'm just like a little pump. You're coming up. If I got to grab you and pull you up, you're coming. Watch this. A painter. You know what a painter? See, me... I like the color between the lines. You know, you got to have line. And I, and, I, and I mark between those lines. Okay. There's a difference between a painter and
and somebody that colors in a book. See, I, if I get outside the lines, I messed up the picture. But you know a painter? He throws paint on that and he starts painting. All of a sudden he gets, and he looks at it and he says, dear God, uh, I made a mess up. You know what he does? He doesn't throw it away. He just gets some more paint, some more color. And he just keeps painting, painting over the mess up. All of a sudden, his mess up becomes a message. What was a mess up is now beautiful. Something that people are willing to pay money for. Watch this. When you stop in an area of your life that's a mess. You made a mess. We stop and we settle there. Keep coming. Let God keep painting. Let the word of God come out of your mouth. Put some more ink of the word on your tongue. And start speaking the promises of God. Keep painting it. Until you have a masterpiece. He that has begun a good work in you. Shall complete it till the very end. That's a good word. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 and 2. Watch this. This is God speaking to Joshua. Now after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun. Moses' minister saying, My servant is dead. Now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all the people unto the land which I do give them, even to the children of Israel. You know what he told them? Look, get up. I know you want to camp there. You want to just stay right where you are. But God was coming. God came to him. Get up. Get up and go over. Go into your promised land. I've got something good for you. Go into it. Don't settle there. Don't let a disappointment, a tragedy stop you from going in to the life God has for you. Amen. God had to come to him and cause, tell him, get up, get up, get up, get up and go over. Get up and go over. Get up and go over. One person can make a difference. I'm, I didn't come here for a bunch of people. I came here for one person I'm speaking to. Watch this one. Roger Bannister broke the four-minute mile in 1994, 54. They said it would never be done. Since then, 400 people have broken what they said could not be done. When he broke through and didn't settle, Others followed his example. Watch this. Look right here. Mamas and dads, your children are looking at you, following your example. How you handle tragedy, how you handle problems, how you handle disappointments, how you handle when you get knocked down. You just like to energize a bunny. You take a licking and you keep on ticking. You just keep boom, 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 bust a drum, throw it out, get another drum, keep booming. 
Does that make sense? Keep booming? Okay. All right. That's one thing about me. I'm from Lorville. I make up my own words. It's not found in the dictionary, but I make them up anyhow. I remember uh, I sing. I sing off key. I sing with a raspy voice. I make up my own words. Okay? But the Lord loves it. Oh, yeah, his presence comes on me. Okay, if it's good for him, it's good for me. So one time I'm singing, and I'm off key, and I'm, I'm, I'm just making all kind of noise, a joyful noise. And my daughter and my wife were there. Look at him, he's singing off key. He don't even know the words. He's making up his own words. All of a sudden, the Lord stepped into that conversation. The Lord told my wife, you better watch what you're saying about that little man. Said his, his songs are pleasing to me, so watch what you say. I delight in him, yeah. I delight in him. The Lord's called me other things besides little man, okay. Over the years. Yeah, yeah, statue. One time he called me a woman. I said, look, uh, praise the Lord. He healed me, and he called me a woman. I said, I'll take it. Uh, you can call me whatever you want. As long as you heal me, I'm good. I'm good. God has been so good to me. God has been so good to me. Watch this. Don't settle in Spain. Christopher Columbus dwelt in Spain before he discovered the new world. Up to that time, they thought there was nothing more than Spain in the world. So when you came to Spain, you have arrived, you would settle there. They even put mottos uh, on their signs and flags. Even their money said, knee plus ultra, which meant there's no more beyond. So when people came to Spain, they assumed there was nothing beyond Spain. And what they saw in their culture affirmed that, knee plus ultra. Because they didn't have any more knowledge of anything beyond, so they settled there. But Christopher Columbus was restless, believing there was something beyond Spain. It took years for him to convince the courts and the king and the queen to finance his discovery efforts. Until years later, the king and the queen financed his voyage. His crew was made up of criminals, lowlife, and undesirables. So in other words, what they did, they got rid of everybody they didn't want, go with Christopher Columbus. <laughs> Nevertheless, he took what they gave him and set out to discover a new world. The rest is history. When he came back to Spain and told them of his discovery, they redid their, their currency. Flags, signs leading into the port which read plus ultra, which meant there's more beyond. There's more beyond what I have today. There's more beyond this. What I'm here to tell you, there's more. Listen, I was awakened with this word to give to you. There's more than what you have today. There is an explorer in all of us. Star Trek's motto, going where no man has gone before. You know one thing about Star Trek? 
They went where no man went before. They broke barriers. They broke walls. They broke ceilings. They broke parameters. But they faced new challenges. But they, they, they tapped into an ability they didn't know they had. Just think about that. Could it be there's more in you than what meets the eye? Could it be that you have more in you than what you have now? But you're settling. Come on. Could it be, watch this. They, they broke out. They faced new enemies. But it brought out what they, they didn't know they had it on the inside until they needed it. And they came out of them. Could it be that what's in you, you haven't touched the surface of what's on the inside of you? Shoo. Yes. Pretty good, huh? Yes. Paul found this out. I'm going to tell you something about Paul's life. Watch. Philippians 3, 13 through 15. Brethren, I don't count myself to, appre- to be, have apprehended. But one thing I do, I forget those things which are behind, reaching forth for those things which are before. I press towards the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ. Let us therefore as many be perfect or matured, be thus minded. And if any man be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this to you. Watch this. Paul had more problems than you could shake a stick at. He was beat, put into jail. I mean, betrayed. All the worries, all the care. I mean, they flogged him so many times, left for dead. And you know, the biggest thing he said, what was the biggest battle he had to fight? Listen here. So I'm older. I'm telling you, the biggest fight you're going to have is when you go to the bathroom and you look in the mirror. That's the biggest fight you're going to have with yourself. Why? Your flesh wants to settle. I'm good. We good. We got it. He, he, he said, look, I press towards the mark. Why did he? Do you think it's fun getting up at 4 and 5 o'clock in the morning to pray in tongues and worship? No. Oh, it's a, oh, you just got the grace of God on you. Yes, okay. I'm glad you think that. I got to make myself get up. Get up. Start worshiping, singing. Do you feel like? No, look here. I start off in the flesh, but I end up in the spirit. I'll end up there. So what? Hit the biggest thing he had to fight. It wasn't the Judaizers, the Pharisees, Sadducees. The biggest thing he had to fight was to settle where he was when there was so much more in God he could have had. 
I'm almost finished. About another hour, I'll be all right. Okay. <laughs> Praise God. Watch this. Problems come to get us to settle or to soar. Eagles use the momentum of storms that are coming to them to make them go over and not under. There is a lot of pressure on us to stay and settle where we are instead of fight our way out of it. Look at me. What's causing you to settle today? What's causing you to stay where you are? What's disappointment that you're more focused on it than the promises of God? What problems and cares are coming to you to get you to focus on the problem, what you don't have, instead of what you do have in Jesus? Look right here. Jesus has given you everything that pertains to life and godliness. You, have, you and I have been blessed with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. All of it. You have it all. Come on. We have it all. But why do we settle there? Because we don't think, okay, maybe this is what just, that's how God wanted it. Look, no. He wants you to, come on. Um, okay, I'm good. I want to stay, stay on target, okay. I was in um, North Carolina at a prophetic conference, my, my wife and I. And so early in the morning, I get up to worship and I, I do my thing. And so Pastor Gabe was there. And one morning, I had a vision. And in the vision, I'm climbing a mountain. My wife and I are climbing a mountain. Listen, it's going to set this up for you. It's going to help you. In the vision, we're climbing a mountain. We finally got to the summit. So we had our little backpacks on. We took our backpacks off. We put them and we were overlooking the vastness of the mountains. Um, so we made some coffee. We like community coffee. So we had a little community coffee. We were drinking our coffee. And we were just sitting down there looking at the awesomeness of where we were. And then I turned around and I looked. There was some mementos there. You know, they, they, they put these little flags they put some rocks. They put something else. And they say, this is, I've been here. I've been there. Where you at? I've been there. And so that a few of them. So I asked the Lord. I said, Lord, I see these, these uh, mementos, but there's not many of them. He said, that's true. He said, men and women of you in Polly's age, they're more content to stay at base camp. Wherever level they stay at and they settle at is where I leave them. I'm not mad at them. I love them 
and they're my children. I will tend to them where they are. But you have chosen to trek up and come to the height, the length, the breadth, and the depth of God. Because I put something in you. That's that, that explorer on the inside of you that wants to go for more, more. And he said, so I gave you grace to keep coming. All of a sudden, we looked at that, and he said, these people, they came on before you. Then I looked to the left side. The clouds blew away, and there was nothing but green trees with huge fruit on them. They were so alive, they were pulsing with life. The grass was living. The trees were living. The fruit was living as far as I could see. Then he told me, the next season of your life is going to be the most fruitful time in your life. You're going to enjoy the fruits of your labor. Then beyond that, I saw a little peak of a mountain. I said, what's that? He said, that's the next place that you're going to have to climb if you want to. But if you don't want to and you want to settle where you are, I'll let you settle. But you can have more if you want. Pretty good? Feel that? Watch this. Um, how long have I been preaching? Tell me. Y'all want me to? Somebody tell me something. Whatever. Tell me when you want me to quit. Okay. Okay, okay, okay keep going. Okay, so I can quit anytime. Okay. All right. Watch this. Let me give you, and, I, and I'm going to help you come out of this. What are the signs you're settling? Number one, you're not interested in learning or doing anything new. That's a sign of settling. You ever heard this? Can't teach an old dog new tricks. There's some truth involved in that. Just like those that lived in Spain. There's no more than this. This is it. Nothing new. This is, this is Spain. Number two, you're constantly making excuses. I'm too bald-headed. Uh, whatever. Watch this. My marriage is okay. How about going for a great marriage? I go to Bible study. Well, let me, how about teaching a Bible study? I'm not that smart. Well, how about learning? Get you a book. Start reading. I don't like to read. You can cultivate the taste for it. I hated tea. Now I love it. Well, let me give you something in the opposite direction. Let me give you something of the flesh. Now, y'all be honest with me, okay? Because y'all in church, all right? All right, because, you know, it's bad to lie in church. Okay. When before BC, okay, this is before Christ, okay. The first time I drank a beer, it was nasty. It tasted so bad, but I stayed with it. <laughs> the thing that I didn't like and tasted bad, all of a sudden, tasted good. 
Then all of a sudden, I loved it. I loved, then I couldn't get away from it. It hooked me. Same is true in the things of righteousness. You can get in this book and read. I started off reading day and night, day and night. I throw the Bible down. I'm not getting nothing. I don't understand it. Stay with it. Stay with it. I used to smoke, you know, and I, I didn't want to smoke anymore. I got born again. I felt I wanted to get rid of it. I wanted to, I just wanted, there was a desire in me to get rid of it. I threw away so many packs of cigarettes, had to go back in the ditch and get them, <laughs> light them up. Okay, so I stayed in the Word. I just stayed in the Word. I stayed, all of a sudden, the desire in me to quit smoking was stronger than the desire to smoke. I cultivated a, a taste for freedom. Come on. I feel that all over my legs right now. There's no anointing of God. Number three, you, can, you stop dreaming, imagining things you want to do or an experience in the future. Let me tell you something. Have you ever dreamt of something that out of the box? Have you ever let your imagination work it for good? We, you, we said, cast down imagination. That's true, but you can use your imagination for good. Use that thing to create a business. Use that thing to create, to touch people. Use that thing on the, and start seeing. If you see it, you can have it. Okay, two people. If you can see it. If, watch this. Look what God told Abraham. Every land that you see, I've given it to you. So if you can see it, you can have it. But you got to cultivate it. Come on. That's not bad preaching for a little Catholic boy, right? <laughs> Most of you wouldn't be sitting down listening to a Catholic boy. That's what I am. I'm a Baptist. I'm a Catholic. I'm a Methodist. I'm a Presbyterian. Whoever you want me to be, that's what I am because this book knows no bounds. I'll take the word and preach. Look, I preached to Baptist, Catholic, Methodist, non people with nothing every week. Number four, you're unwilling to take risks. When's the last time you took a risk? Yeah, but we get comfortable. Our home is paid. We got money in the bank. We get so we get comfortable. So we quit living by faith. We quit taking risk. How would it look if I mess up? Well, how would it look if you succeed? It's always two sides. Either the glass is half empty or it's half full. All depends how you look at it. The Bible says, He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he gives of his substance to the poor. Watch this. Two people, each got $5. Somebody, they see a need with somebody. One of them says, I only got $5. The other one says, I got $5. Here's $250. I got $250. That person went away blessed. The other one didn't. What was the difference? Come on. 
What was the difference? It's the way they saw it. They both had five bucks. They're both in the same situation. It's how you see. This book will give you a new lens to see like God sees. We will settle until we settle. Where we settle becomes unsettled. Then we're forced to change. I'm going to quickly wrap it up. I'm going to tell you about a guy that lost everything. He could have settled where he was, but he chose not to. His name is David at Ziglag. He was fighting a battle somewhere else. They came in and they took his wife, his kids, everything they had gained, they took it all. And now the people he was leading was about ready to stone him. What did David do? Number one, 1 Samuel 30, verse 6. David was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. Because the soul of the people were grieved. Every man for his son, every man for his daughters. You notice it didn't say wives. That's just a thought. I'm just checking it. I'm just checking it. It didn't say wives. It just said, I don't know. I don't know. I look for words like that all the time, you know. I even saw a word in the Gospels where Jesus left one place, went, came on the ground. The Pharisees, Sadducees were there arguing with him. He told them something, and he got right back in the boat and left again. Why did you do that? I don't have the answer, but maybe if y'all keep praying, we're going to get it, okay? But David encouraged himself in the Lord. Watch this. So wherever you're at, you've been discouraged. David encouraged himself in the Lord. David started, look, magnifying the Lord. Because in Psalms 34, David says, oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let's exalt his name together. Let's lift him up to encourage yourself when you're, you're facing discouragement. You're facing a tragedy. Job, when he faced the tragedy of losing his business and his family, you know what he did? He knelt down and he worshiped. We have to learn again to worship and to praise God in the middle of troubles and trials. Everybody can praise God when everything is good. Do you notice that? But I want to tell you something. I remember when I had cancer, losing everything I had. I had to ask the Lord one day, are we still friends? Are we still, we still good? He said, yeah, we're still good. I said, I worship you. I worship you in the midst of cancer. I worship you in the midst of being broke. I worship you. I worship your God. My happiness, my, my eternal Perspective is not based on what I have here. It's based on you. You control all of that. And God has. God has restored us, blessed us. We're blessed and prosperous people. Learn to praise God. Number two, David prayed. 
1 Samuel 38, verse 8. David inquired of the Lord, Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, Pursue. You shall surely overtake them and recover all. The greatest tragedy of a Christian life is not unanswered prayer. It's unoffered prayer. Psalms 56, verse 9. It's not on the board. I'm going to give it to you. Out of the Passion Translation. The very moment I call to you for a father's help, the tide of the battle turns and my enemies flee. It looks like the current is all going out. The minute you start praying, God hears it and starts moving and the tide starts coming back in automatically. The third thing, pursue. David, 1 Samuel 30, 10, David pursued. 18 and 19 says, and David recovered all that the Amalekites had carried away. And David rescued his two wives. The settling place. You know, as I, and as I lie down and just looking at this, why he would have me to teach on this message when I thought I had a great message. But it wasn't the message that he wanted for y'all. This is what I saw. I saw many just fatigued on one knee. Fatigued one knee. And just staying in while you were walking, you just knelt and you were exhausted. The other part is, I saw balloons. You know these big hot air balloons? They had come down and the balloon was down. And I saw the Lord through this word bringing the fire again in the balloon to pick it back up, to get it to start lifting again above the clouds of your marriage with your children, your job, your business. I don't... You might be fighting something for a long time. You know what you need? It's the strength of God. Those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. 